So uh, I have a. I don't. I don't want to take this in a political direction, but I just. We're, <laughs> we're going talking. to. It's okay. No, 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 no. I, well, I, I think I trust the three of us not to, or, and and so. But I just want to put out there the front that like I want to keep it as an esoteric conversation, if as much as we can. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want to ask. So um, we're talking about this idea of like what Jupiter and Saturn conjunction means historically, uh, even uh, mm-hmm. archetypally. Um, that I mean, that is at the heart of my. I mean, I think that's. I think uh, my Suicide Kings book that I was writing. I think that is the first paragraph of the book. I'm gonna. I could pull it up, but I'm pretty damn sure the very first paragraph of the book is like, "Hey, this is the thing in a nutshell." Is right. your you know the 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 Uranus Saturn Jupiter Athena like boom 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 right like mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. that this um uh or I guess Minerva if you want to keep keep it a Roman anyway um my my point is this time frame what it means historically of like um, people have related this to like the changeover of kings and the 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 power shift and all this sort of stuff um. What does that mean for like literally like today? Uh, it was reported that um, Trump is has met with people to consider declaring martial law. Um, I I have one 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 more piece of this is that throughout the um, uh, the week or two leading up to the election, every night I would go and walk my dog and I'd look up and the brightest thing in the sky was mars and i was like oh damn like mars like like just being so prevalent in the sky over this period felt like a potentially bad omen right the like you know uh whether right well mars would correspond to the emperor so the emperor would apply to hermes the tower that gets grouped next to to the emperor would be mars so yeah well i was gonna say this these aren't all necessary mars doesn't have to be an all negative connotation you know uh, so like but there is the uh god of war um and obviously martial law right it really right. comes well from it relates that. to it relates to gavora so it's like as, lo- as long as the as long as we're in alignment with the natural processes and allow for sacrifice then we get sweet judgments if we if we try and subvert that in any way we get the bitter judgment so that's the nature of mars yeah cool so you're, we're on the same page. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't. I'm not saying that Mars has to be a negative connotation. I'm just saying like it was so prevalent in the night sky during that period that I was just like, hmm, this feels significant. And then nothing, quote unquote, nothing, obviously significant happened in that sense at that time. Um, it, m- meaning like a, a shoe dropping right like a some some something of that scale or a shoe getting thrown right? <laughs> yeah 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 um <laughs> but i'm just curious um you know do you put any weight any and this goes this question is for both of you like from an astrological from a historical from an energetic from just a, your reading of the situation like where are your heads at of like how do you think we're meeting this transitional moment? Um, I just want to say that uh, the, you said martial law, and that's the name of the fictional character that Jeff plays in How I Met Your Mother. That's all, that's all I have to add. 
So I'm sorry, you're you're actually you're pretty quiet um, there. Say say again. And then Jeff plays what? Jeff plays Marshall in How I Met Your Mother. So oh, oh. I I don't I I don't think I I don't I I honestly I it just depends on the army, right? If if it gets to that point, it just depends on the army, which way the army goes. It's true, actually. There's a whole. Uh, that was one of the uh, things in the I was mentioning in the Zohar, where you have the the two the the army getting ready to go to battle, and then the piercing of their inner armor. Armor. So it's basically describing character armor because it says their inner armor gets punctured, and they're brought to tears, making making their external armor meaningless because their external armor, physical armor, only has significance when the internal armor is um is working when that internal armor is in place they see the need for this external um so that's kind of one of the one of the big variables in the way that it's predicted that things play out um what do you got mars arms wars it's the same character, so rearrange. It's literally Mars is the god of war. Uh, she said. She said it all depends on the army, and like mm-hmm. Mars, Mars mm-hmm. arms are you know Mars arms wars. Yeah, it's all the same. Yeah, yeah, dig it. Um, so so again, I'm not I'm not looking for uh you know prophecy or 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 anything. I'm just curious, David. Do you have a sort of as you you know? if you would expand it all and just sort of where your, where your head's at of like where we are rounding this corner in the next. And, and again, like I, I've seen, so I, I've, I don't engage on Facebook. I, you know, I've really tried to unplug just for my own mental health, but I did see say like people having an argument on your, on your timeline, David, of like a month ago, two months ago where it's like, Oh, I know for a fact the fixes in the elites, they won't <laughs> Biden, and then there's another guy. I'm like, I will bet a million dollars that Donald oh, Trump yeah, is the yeah, president, yeah. right? And it's like everyone's so sure, everyone's so fucking sure. But the truth is, no one fucking knows what's going on. No right. one knows yeah. what the fuck is going on. And the sooner we all admit that, the fucking right. better. However, people, <laughs> people admit that they're that they themselves aren't fucking virologists. That would be really nice too. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know. Because I'm like, dude, there's certain things that it's like, you know what, there's such a uh, admixture of different ideas right now. My my fear is, is, and I think it's partly to do with uh, the way I was raised, and Amelia and I have had this conversation a lot, where, you know, obviously it's so easy for me when I look at the MAGA people to go, oh, they got a cult, they got a religion. You know what I mean? And it's like, I got to say, I'm looking at what people have done with with uh, the the specific narratives being pushed around things, the attachment to understandings that are changing all the time. Things that we thought about the virus uh, eight, nine months ago are different than we think now. Uh, but w- it's hard to give up a lot of when you ha- when you when you assert something repeatedly and you're deriving identity from it, it's hard to adjust to new insights. And so like that pe- being in a place of not knowing something, and just being open is like so fucking rare now. It seems like like appreciation of nuance of different you know of different sides of what the fuck is going on. Like that fanaticism to me feels like a religion. I feel like people have been making a religion out of 
uh, the, the, a particular take that they would call science, while not all scientists may agree. So it, there's customs that go along with it, it for the religion. Like you have, like it's it you it's the equivalent of becoming a heretic if you disagree with any aspect of what's being now pushed, because now you're dangerous if you don't completely align yourself with the 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 overarching consensus of one side like trump completely polarized this by creating straw man arguments and a false dialectic uh in regards to the virus the, the politicizing virology is like one of the worst things you can do and so you know that that plays a huge variable i'm like i'm looking at what is potentially a religious war that most of the people participating on both sides of that religious war don't recognize that they're indulging in religious tendencies. Like, and like, that's why I say, like, maybe it's because of the way I was raised or whatever. But when I look at what's going on, it just feels like such a, such a classic religious battle. And maybe it's because people have put a charge on religion. They don't really understand religion or care to understand religion because they're like, fuck religion. And then meanwhile, they're acting total, with total religious fervor because it comes through the back door because that's what human beings fucking do. Yeah, I honestly, I, when you talk about war, I'm, I'm more attuned to what's going on on the left as far as um, I, after 2016, I, I started a, sort of getting obsessed with the alt-right and watching them. And, and I, I realized all these blind spots that I had about the ideology that I was a part of on the left. And I, I kind of got really obsessed with watching my own side more than obsessing over the opposite side because I kind of feel like everyone, if everyone did that, then we'd be much better off if everyone looked at the fanatics that were the closest to them and tried to rein them in, then maybe people would, th sure, there would be yeah. a better chance. So, yeah, so I, I have a, a good friend of mine who's, um, who's leading, who's, who's trying to, yeah, I, I'm very attuned to sort of the, the stuff that's happening on the left that's warlike. Whereas the stuff on the right, I, I've sort of um, I've sort of unplugged, and it almost looks kind of cartoony to me. And I, I... <laughs> right? Do you do you prefer your your fascism overt or covert? Because that's basically the difference between right and left. And then I just think I hope that the you know if yeah I, I know that that on the right you you live in the in the south right, Ellen? I don't maybe you're more yeah. connected mm. to the right wing stuff than I am. Um, but see, I, I live in uh, Richmond, Virginia. So uh, what was once the South? I mean, yeah, I I, I do feel like it's it, this is kind of a cuspy space at this point. Um, it's 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 South, but it's it has um, it does have all northern tendencies. I just want to say, um, as compared to a lot of other places. Um, but yes, we are. I mean, I'm an hour out of Charlottesville. You know, um, we we do have. Uh, back in January, we had like uh, like a whole sea of like armed people surrounding our state capital. Um, yeah, like we're. I'm definitely in a little bit more of a contentious space. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's probably a, a lot higher on my radar. I mean, I, just to say, I mean, I, I get, 
I think I get your guys' point about the left in the sense of um, <laughs> I I've I've lost fr- I lost friends for not cheering on Joe Biden. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, I've I, I see exactly. Uh, I have some of the same issues with just sort of like the blind faith to whatever the party line is at any given moment. Um, I, I, you know, I could throw a few more examples in here is like even seeing this whole thing of like Donald Trump shouting about the election stolen, the election stolen. And everyone's like, oh, this is so ridiculous. They're so ridiculous the way they're shouting with the stolen election. And I'm like, I went back to 2016. I pulled up like clips from MSNBC in 2016 where you have fucking – Keith Olbermann saying, this is it. We are at war. Like, we are, you know, like, he is like, no, no uncertain terms. This is it. This is a coup. The election's been stolen. You know, this, like, end of the fucking America. Like, it just happened. Like, it's, it's on. It's whatever. (laughs) You know, and it's like, that was a talking point from the left four years ago that the election was stolen because they didn't like that Donald Trump won. And now... Donald Trump saying, "Oh, it's it's I don't you know I don't trust this election." Then suddenly it's like they're so ridiculous to say such a thing. Um, there's that. There's the fact that like uh, I think that I definitely think the Democratic Party stole the election from Bernie Sanders. I definitely think the election, the primaries were certainly fucking rigged. Um, so there there is that aspect of it where I, I don't sympathize with a Trump perspective, but the idea of like if we want to talk about if we want to talk about a rigged election, I want to talk about the primaries. I don't want to talk about the general election. I want to talk about right. the primaries. That's the way I felt this whole fucking time. Totally. I'm with you. Uh, so that speaking of like the left, it's like again, it's the false left. It's the false left. It's not even yeah, really yeah, yeah. Left. No, it's it's um, a, yeah. Bi- Biden's like nineties uh, n- uh, yeah. Republican. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's there's another thing here. So like you mentioned, like the virology and the like the heatedness on either side. I mean, David, I think I said this to you last time where it's like I see just a few months ago before the election, Donald Trump said, hey, I will have a vaccine out by the election. And all the fucking Democrats on my timeline are like, Everyone went up I, don't tr- I don't trust that. That There's no way he could have it ready. And I don't want Donald Trump's fucking rushed vaccine. And like, ew, no way. I'm not taking that. The same people who like would piss on an right. anti-vaxxer if they right. even like heard the word. They're like, <laughs> you know, like these like, these, like strange like anti-vaxxer, right. you know, whatever. Like, yeah. And then suddenly they're like, ew, Donald Trump's going to say he says he's rushing a vaccine to market. No way. I don't trust that. Although now suddenly it's not it's the same time frame, not Donald Trump's vaccine. They're like, oh, this is perfectly great. This is great. Why don't you trust it? And I'm like, right. what the fuck? It's the exact same time frame. Um, right. So exactly. like, there's like this like fucking cognitive dissonance all around. Here's another thing, though. Like, you know, when I know, David, you're really into like um, questioning like uh, CDC statistics and like death rates and all this sort of stuff. Right? Like how dangerous is COVID? And I think a lot of the questions you're answering, asking are fair. But there's another side that what I don't understand is. Like I was particularly like when I was making like sync quick news, like the comments I'd get on my YouTube or the like things that I see people saying where it's again, it is a religious fanaticism that if you are if you are not saying that COVID is essentially harmless, then you are a brainwashed cult member. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And right? then and then and then there's like there's like the love and light Trumpsters that are like, 
basically like if you if you if you're negative at all then you you're you're not on the trump love boat and you're not on the you know yeah it's this crazy fanaticism what i don't understand uh i just gonna give i just gonna rattle off a few more on my list here is to say like fucking two weeks ago you you familiar with this woman in florida who was hired by the state to um like come up with keeping like basically make the database the public database for keeping track of covid statistics and um she made this so she was hired by the state of florida to make this uh database and she collected all the information and then the state came to her and said hey we want to we want to change this information and downplay the the statistics and she's like no fucking way and they fired this woman she came out and she said okay i'm gonna fucking do this publicly so she's been running a public website where she's just literally taking the same data and just publishing it and where She's saying, hey, more people are getting sick than the government is saying, right? And then in the last week or two, fucking agents raided her home and took her fucking computer. I saw the the footage, yeah. So my question is, how is that not part of a conspiracy theory? So you're telling me the only way I can be an approved conspiracy theorist (laughs) is, is if I'm saying COVID is a hoax. I'm not allowed to say, hey, there's what if... If a government was hiding a more serious illness, right. that would also be a cons- – and I'm, I'm not saying that's my position, but I'm saying would that not also be a major conspiracy? Like I'm, are we not right. allowed to entertain that possibility? Um, uh, it's funny because the woman who's saying these are the right numbers got her fucking computer taken away by agents, whereas Alex Jones or whoever is fine. He's still on the air. So if you want to say who – you know, like – Who's more likely touching a nerve? <laughs> but whatever, right? Um, all these sorts of things are just like the fanaticism of you have to say this one fucking thing. You have to have this position. And I last right, well, piece, it, dep- it depends on where where you're looking at and what their incentives are. It doesn't. Yeah, it's like, so yeah. And and, it just, and, it, well, and it, it, I mean, this, this more than anything, it kind of comes down to that we have shit fucking healthcare in America. Big mm-hmm. surprise. We knew this all along. I just had uh, before this call, I had three three hours talking to my cousin in Sweden. You know. And, uh, yeah, a whole, a whole range of perspective and mature views on everything. It's like, and, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm telling him stuff that he does. I'm like, dude, look look at fucking Statistica right now. They have total deaths in Sweden up to December 11th. And it's completely in, in, in line with the average uh, back to 2000 every year up to 2010. It's like, we have a little more than last year, but the year before that we have more than we had this year. And so it's like, you know, what the fuck in terms of the the the, the emphasis and the freak out? Like, it gets fucking weird. And so, so I, yeah, I no, just, it's I, a large, uh, yeah. this isn't my position, but I do want to say I asked that question uh, or I discussed those numbers with Zanor a number of months ago. And he made the point that the counter argument to that is that with the lockdown, you're not having like the same we might not be having the same number of like deaths by automobiles or you yeah. know uh blah 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 right so totally like blah 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 yeah um is to say like you could still have high covid death rate that's still balancing out a- anyway again this, i'm not trying to take a position here i just right but there's it. also the the issue of 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 in various places where they do have lockdowns the, the dramatic increase in, in suicide alcohol consumption has gone up 50 over 50 percent all these kind of things, 
It's like, yeah, no, stress, adding to what that does to the immune system, all kinds of other factors. There's so many factors. And like, yeah, so yeah. I'm just like, but it's it, not a simple yeah. conversation. It's, it's not, a, not simple. a simple conversation. And it's, it's not, it, if we, if we really want, want it, my preferred di direction with this would be to discuss, uh, not just the sync, but no more the dynamics of what are taking place. Cause here we are having a conversation about left and right. Like I'm looking at, at a, 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 a clephotic representation of what those pillars are and like basically like this this fucking like this makeshift projection thing that we keep referring to that's completely in our fucking minds and not just in our minds like it belongs to one side of our analytics like our ability to decipher what's going on and so like for me this is like more than anything what it comes down to is this fixation on one way of relating to what's happening. Like we're discussing what, what is happening. Like like I said before, like beyond the whys or the hows or whatever, it's just like, what are we fucking looking at? We're, we're looking at a fucking breakdown of, of so, something in ourselves that is not evolved yet. And we are trying to rely upon it as if it was dependable in any way, ultimately. And it's like, you know, when you look at the tower card and there's like the eye above it in Crowley's deck, where it's like, What's bringing down the tower? Well, there's a mouth at the bottom because pay means mouth. And I'm like, okay, the Trump Tower, the fucking mouth brings the thing down. But it's also the vision. It's it's the it's when you if you look at something and you're seeing it destroys it, then you might as well look at it because that's going to by its very nature be for the best. Because if something is destroyed because it's not real, just on pure perception alone. And that's a really powerful thing. And that's a massive variable in the mix of everything that we're looking at. We're concerned about vaccines. We're concerned about all this stuff. Well, you know what? If you're able to back up far enough and see the way that that would ultimately play out is it's like the organizing principles in nature end up winning in the end. And they're winning all along, truth be told, despite our our arrogance, you know. Uh, but that's 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 the key thing. That's why when I'm looking at like the, the Jupiter-Saturn thing, I'm like, you know, that is beyond all of our goings on and our goings on are trying to organize themselves to use things to our advantage in different ways of what we think our advantage is. But like a lot of that is backwards. So what we think we have to gain from something is actually a loss. The things that we look to, to provide something end up fucking sucking us of our vitality, you know? And so that's, you know, it, it, there's something to be said for t telling everyone to isolate. Like you isolate, that's not a very empowering thing. And of course, there's reasons why people would not want us to, you know, to just say, fuck it, you know, and that would be, that's being viewed as the most inhumane thing. And then I'm like, well, yeah, no, that could be seen as inhumane. But you know what also is inhumane is fucking enforcing uh, endless laws to the point where we're just completely restricted. You know, if you restrict something, eventually it's going to burst. Can I, uh, uh, sorry, I thought Amelia was going to say something, but so if, um, I just want to give you my one last, uh, piece of my, uh, things that I've been observing just this week, uh, from a sync perspective. So now that I'm working on a video game, like, so I don't, I don't know if you're aware, there's this game that just came out called Cyberpunk. Oh, it's the talk of the town, isn't it? Right. I don't give a fuck about this game. Like, I honestly just... It doesn't it's not on my like personal radar but now that i'm like paying attention to like the video game industry and like whatever yeah it's it's like a huge fucking deal right well 
what I would really want to talk if I was to start with this game, I'd really want to talk about like the um, inhumane treatment of their workers and the like corporate like fleecing of you know like selling a, um, a shitty product and all, all these sorts of like that it is it is the most corporate hell product and the least cyberpunk product that you can imagine yeah, appar- right? appa- apparently you get quote-unquote street cred for doing services for the police yeah it's like so it's totally fucking whack um fuck fuck that game fuck that game I, I, whatever. But what I think is just really interesting, I just want to point out that when I, so I have this Twitter account for this video game, so like my Twitter feed is just all um, video game stuff, and my, I signed to Facebook, and I'm still have all these, like, conspiracy theorists, and my Facebook is still a conspiracy. And so what do I look at is, if I look at Facebook, it's all talking about the vaccine, and is it safe, or was it, like, rushed, and can it be trusted, and all this sort of stuff. And then I signed to Twitter and everyone's like, oh, they rushed this video game to market and it was like uh-huh. hyped as this huge fucking thing and they rushed it to market and it's actually buggy as fuck and they had to pull it off the market. And I'm like, I, I don't mean that as like, what, um, is, what does that remind you of? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mean that as like a one to one. No, no, no. That's like, totally poignant too because you're saying cyberpunk mm-hmm. and there's nothing fucking punk about it. There's, this isn't even a fucking vaccine by a technical definition of what a vaccine is supposed to be because they say they don't think it's going to do anything for immunity. So they right. say they it's, it's so not going to help with immunity. Symptom. Then I'm like, how is it a vaccine then? What is it? And I'm like, and they're saying how, how the specific ways in which it's helpful. And I'm like, I've seen those same arguments made for fucking vitamin C from reputable sources. So what the fuck? You're not going to recommend that we do healthy things for ourselves, like in in like in, if you're going to em- emphasize something to us, what we should be doing. And they're like, just stay home, stay masked, keep your distance. That's it. That's your recommendation for our health. You know, with this uh, from the medical perspective. So I um, do. You, OK, I, I used to be a pharmacy technician I'm, I'm for many years. And I think you know that. And I was a pharmacy technician during the anthrax scare and during uh, the, um, like, H1N1 uh, scare and all these sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a product which is called Tamiflu. Oh, and yeah. Tamiflu literally just all it does is it says, hey, you uh, normally you get the flu and you might be sick for, like, a week. Well, if you take Tamiflu you're really only going to be suffering from symptoms for like three to five days. So it shortens how long you're sick for. <laughs> right. right. Apparently, apparently Tamiflu isn't selling right now in a lot of places like uh-huh. it normally would. I've been seeing reports from different pharmacists saying that they're not, that, that that's not, that hasn't been happening. It's happened every season. And they're like, what the hell? And then also when you go into the different places where flus are down dramatically. And so there's a, there, I, what I, the conversation I was just having with, my, having with my cousin is he was emphasizing, he's like, in Sweden, there's this demand right now to audit uh, their version of the CDC to know the numbers and things that they're, that they're looking at. And they're going to go along with it. There, he says that there's very little question of whether or not that audit's going to happen. If you say that in America about the CDC, it's like seen as like this crazy right wing conspiracy mm-hmm. thing and they're just like they're not like that for the most part compared to us it's like a world apart because they're just like no everyone is actually like no we're actually in this together 
So like we right, you say can't that say we're in this thing. Yeah, I know, I know. And it's like it's the way that we say it and what it implies. It's like no, really, you're with us or against us is what that means for us. They don't have it like that because they're like no, literally, like no, we're actually in this together. This affects us all, and so there 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 are different concerns, but they don't have the same problems because this whole fucking time when it comes to PCR testing, that's not a, a COVID positive. That does not go down as a COVID positive if you test positive in a PCR test. A PCR test is great because it comes back so quickly, like three to four days. Uh, but they don't take they see that if you get a if you test positive in a PCR, they say that's cause to get tested further to determine if you in fact have this. They don't see that as an automatic uh, positive case. And a lot of other places in the world are like that. In Italy, they used to have it the way that we have it, and they had to change it because there was a fucking huge ruckus. Not just from their population, but from politicians who actually have some integrity. And they were like, no, 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 no. You don't get to just magnify the shit out of things. It's like, you got to see clips of the the inventor of the test and the things that he had to say I've about seen, it, which I've are really, really that, fucking yeah. practical. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, videos, there's a yeah. few. I don't know which ones you've seen. But yeah, no, he has some important things to say in that regard. And it's an important qualification. And so, but we're dealing with, in different places, different ways that this that that information is 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 with sweden it's not so much that it's been manipulated it's that they just want to know really hey what are we really looking at here and there's an incentive from because they it's not so profit based for them to do that in the medical industry they're like yeah let's know let's know what's going what's what's actually going on here um and so yeah i mean they're, they so, so i just want to give you my uh my experience years ago so when I you mentioned that pharmacists are saying Tamiflu sales are down, so that's significant because, all right. So I remember when uh, I gosh I, I probably started working in a pharmacy in like ninety eight or ninety nine, and um, so this this uh, antibiotic came out was called Cipro, and it was a uh, there was no generic available. It's a you know, brand new, super expensive antibiotic. And it was so expensive and um, such a strong antibiotic that most insurance companies didn't cover it. You know, if, if let's say someone went and they got sick and the doctor wants to write for them, oh, we'll give you this antibiotic, the insurance company would say, no way, we're not paying $300 for an antibiotic when you can get, you know, generic amoxicillin for, you know, 15 cents or some shit. So uh, Cipro sales mm. were fucking, like, it was just this really expensive product that, like, as someone who did the ordering for a busy pharmacy, I can tell you this was like a thing that you like only ordered as much as you needed. A lot of times someone would come in if they did get if they did actually purchase a prescription for Cipro. I would say, here, I've got three pills and that gets you through today and tomorrow and I'm going to mm -hmm. order the rest. You come in tomorrow and pick up the rest. I don't not. I, it's not the kind of thing we keep on the shelf. That's how expensive right, it was. Right. Anyway. Gotcha. So then what happens is there's a fucking 2001, right, 9-11, all that sort of bullshit. We get this anthrax scare. And guess what can work if you get anthrax attack? Yeah. Yeah. Cipro. Oh, yeah. did you know you could use Cipro for anthrax? Gotcha. So suddenly every pharmacy fucking stocks the fuck out of it. And everyone, like, we, we just sold so much of this shit. Okay. Um, so what we – or we – they sold so much of it. So the pharmacies loaded up on Cipro, and then that shit just sat there for years until it was expired, and we couldn't use it. No one got, obviously, got fucking anthrax. 
that product wasn't fucking used, but they managed to sell it in the scare. Same thing happens with Tamifu. A few years later, Tamifu comes out. It's super fucking expensive. It does not cure the fucking flu. All it does is a reduction of symptoms. It's a it's it speeds along the 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 process, if you will. It's mm-hmm. and it was just seen as like, why am I gonna spend fucking three hundred dollars to get two days less of the flu? It's not not worth it. So, like, again, insurance companies wouldn't pay for it. People wouldn't pay for it out of pocket. Nobody fucking wanted this product. It was this, it was a dead fucking drug. It just sat on our shelves. No one fucking whatever. And then suddenly, uh, and an important point here guess who was on the board of the uh, Tamifu uh, drug manufacturer was Donald Rumsfeld. Oh, there you go. Right. I was going to say Dick Cheney, but yeah, that's better. So, uh, of course, you get this H1N1 scare, and then suddenly Tamifu flies off the fucking shelves. Oh, this we can use this thing for this special fucking strain of the flu. Right. And so, uh, so I've, so I've already lived through— Pharmaceutical companies are, have been so intimately tied. Yeah, so I, I'm not saying those are, uh, you know, that correlation is causation, but I am saying I have witnessed, at the very least, drug companies profit off of— scares in the past mm-hmm. okay I, sure. you know if, if, even if we don't want to take i mean i would take it further than that but at the very least that's sure. that's a non-argument that's, a, that's something we can't it's not an argument right it's, it's just, not really debatable yeah yeah it's it's not debatable it's just to say here's this like people are scared and somebody was like fuck i can profit off that great um i think that's that kind of history like you said you maybe it's your upbringing like those types of experiences definitely color my understanding of how things are being done. And, and like you said, you can't, in, po- in polite society, you can't uh, question a lot of these things. But um, I, I don't understand how, like Amelia, you talk about the idea of like, is correcting the left or seeing what's happening there, is to me, what's so shocking is this sort of like rebranding of right-wing ideas as the new left so you know it's like um right it used to be that because these things were happening under a bush cheney rumsfeld horrible administration you go wow we don't fucking trust anything from them do you know that corporations and governments are have are you know in each other's buttholes and are fucking working together to fuck us over and rob us and fucking seize as much power as possible and that was a fucking left-wing talking point and absolutely then, in fact a lot of the left wing was very much against vaccines traditionally until donald trump it's just it's just because it's mostly mothers the anti-vaxxers yeah, that everyone talks about yeah. mostly moms. Yeah, well, there and there is one. Uh, I have a counterpoint to that, though. Is um, you you cannot re- uh, take away the importance, like the, the 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 weight of what has happened in the last few years. Is that like the the QAnon cult has specifically targeted hippie mother. Uh, like, I mean, this is like, uh, you you can find so much uh, of information course, in this. Of course, I know but where I'm you're saying, going with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's to say, yeah, like, true. this, um, like, they literally went into all these, like, forums where it's like, 
mommy and me forums and stuff like that and started uh putting in like things about you know uh save the ch- remember remember that week when fucking everyone cared about saving children you know that that was a real fucking hot moment for the alt right um you know but but they were enough of saying we're on your side oh you don't you care about your children your mothers of course you care about children well we're here to talk to you about this uh, elite pedophile ring in Hollywood and blah, 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 blah. And like, oh, you're a hippie. You care about what you put in your body. Let me tell you about these microchips they want to put in your fucking body and all this sort of bullshit. And they really, really did a major PR campaign to the quote unquote left hippie mother audience. And I just want to say like as much as I'm, we're, we're on the same page of like I'm in agreement with you of like the history, we also cannot – downplay the importance of that very specific PR campaign. Sure. Well, at the same time, it's like, you know, there is fucked up shit out there. And, you know, at the same time, mothers are con- the, the, the large part of who's concerned, you know? I mean, Amelia's yeah, but a mother. Not. No, but no. She, but she's got, she's got circumstances. Like, if you, if you, like, it's like, <clears throat> I have, I, when it comes to COVID-related stuff, it's like, I got a friend who's got a mother in her 80s who she likes to visit regularly. Do I want to endanger her mother? No. So, you know, you, she's got to take precautions and I'm willing to, you know, um, to navigate that because, you know, it's, you got you to gotta protect. I mean, even if you look at the, the Barrington Declaration or whatever, I don't agree with the, the herd immunity ambition or whatever, but that's from scientists and it's from, you know, people in applicable fields or whatever that put that together. And part of their, part of their argument is really sound in that way where it's like, no, you want to protect who are the most vulnerable. If you go around treating everybody like they're sick for indefinitely, that's not going to be good either. You're going to end up with some problems. And so it's just practical, you know? Um, I don't know. I keep, as you're talking, like this is kind of weird, but I kept on, thinking of the brother and Jeff who lives at home, the way he is with his car, like he's invested in this, uh, he's living completely outside of his means. And Mm. then of course he crashes it. And of course he's keep driving it. And he's like, it's like, no, this, this thing that you, that you put all your energy into is now, is now smashed and fallen apart. And you haven't even like been able to process that yet. And you're still relating to it. Like we're still going. And like, I feel like that's kind of like, in a way, like kind of what America is like. At 9-11, that was like, you know, that day. And now we're just, just like continuing to run as though that didn't have us going. It's kind of like, you know, um, left behind something it's where it's like. like your internet like glitching where it's like playing itself yeah david you're really breaking up thing technically what's that oh shit i said it's kind of like your internet's glitching and you're still talking (laughs) (laughs) that's the same principle isn't it yeah yeah well that's it that's it something in other words something ended and we're still pretending like it didn't end i feel that i totally feel that I mean, I feel that in a lot of my in a lot of my life, yeah. And so I feel that. Uh, I mean, that's that that sort of speaks to a lot of like my relationship to you know sync book or like you know what what was I doing with all this and all the all these sorts of things. Um, uh, yeah, no one's gonna no one's gonna want it. 
like the future that's that's being we're conditioned to accept when we actually have it it's going to be so fucking miserable that no one's going to want it it's going to be rejected and it's not even it doesn't even have to be rejected like a choice it's just like that doesn't work yeah 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 if you know sorry by, by that you're talking like the more like societal like covid regulations and stuff like that yeah, or? i mean fuck like even we talk it's weird because even when we say covid like i see a lot of what's happening is just like a straight up con- we've had this conversation but a straight up continuation of 9-11 where it's just mm-hmm. this this further restriction that's being put and it's like no we're doing this because of this and this and this and then a huge cross section of the country is going to be like well yeah well we don't want to have you know we, we we don't we don't we don't want these things so what what do you got to protect it's like this promise of security, but no amount of restriction brings about the security that we're that we're desiring. So it's just it's it's like a um, it's an empty promise. And uh, we're, we're now we're discussing we're having this call we're relating a portion of the call to like this hope for the magic serum, and then we're like I don't know if the serum's really as magical as they're saying it is, you know. <laughs> and it's like yeah no sh- no shit like you're relating to something like it's like there's there's so little acknowledgement over anything holistic because that's been so charged now and you're like oh the fucking crystal hippie uh fucking holistic shit and it's like well actually your body does have an immune system and when we get to the point where fucking to even discuss an immune system becomes a completely politicized like talking point that's a sign that the fucking PR is, is certainly working because yes, motherfucker, we do have an immune system. I'm sorry, because that's part of our very nature. You know, uh, does it mean that the, that the, I mean, we're, we're adaptive and we have things that happen. I mean, I read Camus the plague that sounded really scary. That's not what I'm experiencing now. And to acknowledge that distinction is not saying fuck all. Like, I'm just saying like, there's a there's i'm not seeing those dead bodies in the street just as described in that book you know yeah i i mean listen i I, i'm i'm with you there so like i think the the numbers of what was said to us months ago i mean and obviously they, they kept they kept changing but all the project, all the projections were wrong. The ones that down, the ones who downplayed it were wrong. The ones who high oversold it were wrong. Yeah, all the numbers, all, wrong. all fucking wrong. Uh, I absolutely, I, I mean, I'm 100% with you. Like I said, I don't have a horse in this race. You know, you know, but I think there are. <coughs> it. I am somewhat weirded out by like the. I see some conspiracy folks who are so. Again, they're so fanatical about it that they almost like want to like to prove a point, right? Where it's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to fucking like cough on people's faces in the supermarket because fuck you, you're making me wear a mask, you know, whatever, right? Like right, that's right. that's fucking crazy. Uh, and I just, you know, like a practical, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're not practical, helping. Yeah, practical thing was like months ago when my boss, you know, like it was like someone at my bar got coronavirus. They tested positive for it. And my boss didn't tell me, and I was like, this whole, like, got in this huge fucking argument. And he's like, well, I don't understand what the problem is. It's just the flu. And I was like, you know what? You don't get to say that to me if you don't pay my fucking health insurance. So that, you know, it's the difference of like, if I was having a conversation with somebody else, you know, it's different. If you're my fucking boss and you're like, I'm going to, I expect you to show up to work, even though you might, you might, I might be exposing you to someone because I'm not worried about it. Well, it's like, yeah, well, guess what? If I get sick and I have to, again, it comes down to a conversation of health care in this country. 
I don't want to have a fucking $20,000 hospital bill just because you didn't give a shit or you, you know, you're of the mindset that whatever. Again, you're not a fucking virologist, just like I'm not. But guess what? The one thing I do know for a fact is that I don't have fucking health insurance and you're my fucking boss. And if you're not giving me health insurance, you don't get to make health decisions for me. <laughs> right? Like that's just a purely practical thing that and that's outside of a conversation I might be willing to have with you, which where I might, you know, where I might you say, yeah, absolutely. It does not seem as dangerous as what was originally sold to us. Absolutely. But again, the question of who gets to say that to me or who, who I'm willing to have that conversation with was a little different, you know? Well, yeah, with work where you, you have to go there and that whole connection to your health insurance. Yeah, it's a totally different context. It's a totally different context. Um, that's it, you know, it's like, uh, I, I mean, I, ha I still have, I have been in the emergency room three times in the last 20 years. And I just carry that fucking medical debt. And like, I, at no point did I ever stay overnight. You know, I have, I have, I was, I owe $12,000 to a hospital that I was at a few years ago where they literally, they were so, they didn't have room for me in a room. So I sat in a hallway, literally sat in a hallway for an hour while they gave me an IV injection of some antibiotics and some saline and said, and ran it, you know, ran a test or two. And they're like, all right, well, you know, we think this should do it and blah, blah, blah. And sent me on my way. 12,000 fucking dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the world I live in is <laughs> like, how the fuck did we get through 2020 where the converse, the argument is about how serious the virus is rather than holy shit. If it was a serious fucking thing, this country would have been destroyed. Every one of us would fucking be in debt. How the fuck did we not get Medicare for all? How do we not get Bernie Sanders in the middle of a fucking quote unquote pandemic? How the fuck is this the thing that blows my mind? Like that we're still it's December and we're still arguing. Well, I don't know if it's that serious. And it's like, all right, well, just but can we just show that like or so someone's like, this is China did this. This is a biological. If this was a biological weapon, we all know that we now we know that America's defenseless and we'd all be dead. Cool. Now we know that. Now we know that if there was a fucking biological weapon, we'd all fucking be arguing over it. Now I know that if I have to go to a fucking hospital, my my boss is going to call me up and be like, hey, hurry up and finish up at the hospital and get back to work. Now we know that America will sack. It, it is Moloch. We will fucking sacrifice our quote unquote essential workers. We'll fucking applaud for nurses and fucking uh, grocery store workers and we won't pay them a fucking goddamn dollar more. Why aren't we having that conversation? Yeah. Yeah, all the, all the enforcement at the beginning, um, see, in people getting arrested for not wearing a mask, like, how the hell is that helping? How, how the hell is, is, is beating people up and arresting them for not wearing a mask helping? Like, if the government wants, to, wants people to wear masks, they should hand out masks. I, arresting people is... is, is all the authoritarian stuff really, really pisses me off because, yeah, I, I'm just having sort of rage flashbacks to the primary right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so this is where I totally, uh, we're all on the same page. It's like when I saw the reaction 
again, so like whether or not it's a real thing or how seriousness or how whatever like take you want to put on coronavirus doesn't matter. What does matter is the reaction that all the people in charge saw this as a moment to fleece the fucking country, make as much money as they possibly fucking could, take as much fucking power as they fucking could, and throw as much of us fucking poor schwebs under the bus as possible. That's the takeaway for me. Yep. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that's a little fucking... But... You know, yeah... I, I just keep thinking about the stand. They're making. They made a new one. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, it just came out, right? I I don't know. I'm not gonna watch it. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. I have no intention of watching it either. But I'm pretty sure it is out because I got an ad the other day that said like streaming. I don't even know where it's streaming or what. I don't know yeah. anything about it. But I think it's out now. I don't know if the whole thing is or just like first. You know, I have no idea anything about it. But that's that's interesting timing, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you when you say you're thinking in those terms? That's again, that's that's a real plague. That's a real well, everyone fucking dies in the street. I, I'm thinking about it just because um, that was kind of a foundational text for me. <laughs> that's the stand, the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's a good book. And um, and also one other thing, which it's sort of neither here nor there, but I. F- feel like I, I sat through this this talk with uh, Siddhartha Mukherjee, um, who's uh, some kind of a expert. He was talking to uh, Jan Eleven, and he was speculating. He he just said in this in this public talk, I don't think this occurred naturally. He just just busted that out, and that just goes back to the stand because that's kind of. The whole point of the stand. Obviously, it's nothing like uh, Captain Trips. Um, but it was just yeah. interesting to see to see someone just say that so matter of factly. Like it just the wet market story doesn't really work, you know. No, no, no. I mean, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely like I think there's there's that's such an interesting perspective on all this. I don't. I don't discount that at all. It's, you know what I found myself thinking about um, just in the last few days? How the guy who most, like, uh, all right, so sorry, just give me a second to collect my thoughts here. Uh, David made a point about, like, uh, the, like, sort of blasphemous nature of changing a name. And I saw a meme the other day that was like, you know, as a kid growing up, I thought that, using God's name in vain, this one of the 10 sins was saying, you know, like saying, God damn you or something instead of realize it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized that using the Lord's name in vain was using religion as a way to manipulate and fleece people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I, I saw this meme and I was like, that's a really profound you know, perspective. Because I also, as a kid was, you know, thought that's what it was, was like, oh, you don't say God darn it or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so I'm thinking of 9-11, the guy who most fleeced and milked that moment for all it was fucking worth, Rudy Giuliani, who made his national fame and, you know, used this for all these excuses for authoritarianism and all this sort of stuff. What was his reaction? I mean, on, 
day one or two of, so it's either September 11th evening or September 12th, Rudy Giuliani in a press conference says, hey, go shopping. Hmm. Right? That was his, like, you don't want to, like, disrupt the economy. You don't want to, like, cause panic. Just go shopping. And I was thinking, like, that's really interesting because, like, if you actually, if, if the terrorist threat was really as serious as you're saying it is, if you're like, oh, my God, we got to fucking have guys with Uzis in the subway and we got to fucking, like, you know, shut everything down and we got to fucking monitor your phone calls and we got to fucking check inside your shoes and look up your asshole to make sure you're not fucking blowing up the country. We got all this sort of stuff. But don't fucking dare stop shopping for a second. We don't want to we don't want you to be panicked and stop shopping. And there's something about that level of like disconnect and that like the people who are shouting the loudest about the threat are in the same breath downplaying it to sell this like politician's line of like again this Moloch bless the economy at, you know save the economy at all costs mindset and I'm just find myself thinking how much I'm witnessing that same thing play out with this of like all the people being like oh my god it's it's you know the coronavirus is this this huge thing but you know, we've got to save the stock market. Well, that, that's the thing that pisses me off is it started off really bad in New York. And, of course, right when people needed to stop riding the subway, our mayor said the same thing. Go out to a bar. Go to a show. And then you have what to me, I mean, I could it just could be my perspective and I could be off. But it seemed to me that the rest of the country seized up and closed up in ways that didn't necessarily fit the locations like people just freaked out they were closing beaches and there was sort of this general the united states is is such a huge country with so many different types of living arrangements and you know new when new york city is is um, you know has serious viral threat which at the time it really was uh doesn't really mean that that translates everywhere else and people were just freaking out i mean it's such a huge country yeah, if you live in a small town in Utah, you probably don't need to lock down like you do if you live in Manhattan. Especially when, it, yeah.
Okay, so Amelia, so you, your point about, okay, like different, uh, G, the, how big the country is and all this sort of stuff. Um, this the things also... I was seeing in New York didn't look healthy. Um, I, mm. When you say, you say Rudy Giuliani tells, tells everyone to go shopping. One of the first arrests I saw was Reverend Billy Talon, uh, performance artist uh, from the Church of Stop Shopping. And he got arrested because he, he tried to go on to, they put up a, makeshift hospital in Central Park, but it was actually some Christian group. And he and he went there to protest them with a rainbow flag and got arrested. And um, yes, I mean, all the authoritarian stuff looks bad, is bad, no matter, you know, whether you think, whatever your opinion on diseases, I think <laughs> authoritarianism can still be bad to me. Um, but then to see that spread out to other locations to hear what other people in the country are going through with things that are incredibly, uh, yeah, like the really authoritarian rules. To me, it seems like it's you know a big part of a big part of the m m problem: misinformation and loss of trust and faith. Alan, yeah, uh, well, so okay, when. All right, so um, let's. I'm trying to figure out the time frame here. So my bar closed the weekend of St. Patrick's Day, right? So it was like mid March. Everything shut down, and then is that like your lucky your lucky number? Well, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, three seventeen is my is my thing. Um, what was your three seventeen thing? Um, 317 uh, is uh, no, no, uh, uh, well, Amelia, too. What was the you got an album that was released on that day? Oh, yeah, my EP. Uh, I released an EP on that exact weekend when your bar closed <laughs> on 20. Oh, of this, well, yeah. right, yeah. So, because like, and that's interesting. So, then you also put out this uh, high tide March 15th. I actually have two albums that came out on March 15th. Um, and I didn't do a, I didn't do any of that on purpose. And I didn't even notice it was the Ides of March until the Hello Abyss, the the, the last one that came out on March fifteenth. So you put out two albums on the exact same day without realizing you'd put them out on the same day. Yeah, you know I'm really new to sync, so like I I just did not pay attention to dates, numbers. It's just you know what. What what do you have available? That's, <laughs> I didn't notice see, that's fascinating. Don't you think that's fascinating that you that's three albums that you put out within two days of each other? It's it's super interesting, and and the truth is that many many of my albums came out on my birthday. So there's there's like that's another hub, but it's but that one is on purpose. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Your birthday, you're aware of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Um, Ah, that's really, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I, I will say when I, that was a big thing for me of when I got into sync was looking at my own artwork. Cause like, you know, when we took like a lot of sync stuff is, oh, you look at a movie and well, did they plan this or is this a synchronicity or did blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, I know what I intended. I, I can't answer for what the fuck Stanley Kubrick knew about Kabbalah, but I could definitely tell you. I didn't know about Kabbalah in 1996, you know? So I'm like, well, I look at this thing that I made and I didn't know shit about it. Right. So well, Amelia has been doing a really good job of pretending to not have seen Jeff who lives at home. And for that, have oh not to been her, her primary It's so inspiration. crazy. It's so crazy that the movie for me, sorry, to get real excited for a second, but the, 
you know, I'm I'm really excited about sync. I'm really new. You guys know that. I'm really new to it. Um, I just, um, I still remember when I saw, uh, is it called Vision in the Voice? And just, I was just, I was just floored. And, um, and that's, and it's been just sort of a few years and a slow, slow trickle of getting to know anything. But then the fact that my movie is synced with my movie, my, my album is synced with Jeff who lives at home, which it just, it just blows me away that it's called that, that it's about synchronicity and then everything. I, I just love syncing with sync. <laughs> yeah. I love the lyrics of the first song in relationship more than anything um, in the album in terms of like what my experience was pre pressing play <clears throat> and putting these together was that in that song, she's like, look at me. Do you see any conspiracy? You know, and it's like, and she also says, was I framed the very, the day that I was named? And you're looking at frames in a, on a mantle, you know, of the family or whatever. Yeah. There's all these, but it's it's that like what my experience was of like you know I don't I don't see a conspiracy, but holy shit, this really works, you know. It's like uh, it speaks volumes to the to the nature of the phenomenon, you know, because you you put so much energy into something and you're meditating on something, and then there's another um, uh, different different project that was also you know people putting energy into something people having different ideas of what it is that they're trying to communicate and the crossover is just totally uh, pronounced and unmis unmistakable for me I mean that's all the way through for me um, mm -hmm. but yeah but then Holy the shit. robot stuff the robot stuff kind of floats above it uh, not super connecting with the movie the robot themes from my musical um, but then I feel like that sort of connects with what you guys are talking about with December 21st in a sense of the shifting of consciousness and uh, that stuff. That well, we've been AI. relating to things in such a mechanical way, yeah. you know, and when we build any, any, if we build anything, the, how it's distinct from when we make something, like if you make a child, that's an act of creation. If you build a, a machine of any sort and it's got all these mechanical components that is a product of the left brain by its very by its very nature and so maybe if you turn the hydrogen collider on strong enough it can get to the other side but uh you know it's, there's something to be said for our mechanical nature so like every everybody in that film except for jeff is kind of acting in some somewhat of mechanical way you know, um, he's the one who's not being mechanical, but he's also the one who's being looked down upon. And what about so Ray Don Chong? She's not being mechanical. I totally are. I'm with you on that. I, I just meant in, in terms of just mm -hmm. kind of like second sight, you know, uh, he's like constantly wearing those goggles that allow him to see the Emerald City while everyone else is kind of blind to it. You know, um, I shouldn't say everyone else because you're right. Ray Don Chong, she's definitely... She sees something in Susan Sarandon that Susan Sarandon doesn't see because Susan Sarandon is so in herself, she doesn't recognize the forest from the trees. And so it takes some outside variable to get her to recognize something that's inside of herself that that isn't determined by the externals, you know. Can I uh, come in on one thing that I'm really disappointed and I'm assuming, even though I didn't see the movie without, you know, with, with uh, the sound on the, like, dialogue, I'm assuming this never 
comes back up because I, I don't see any place that it could have. But a real disappointment for me is, so Jeff is on the bus and he sees this brown kid and he follows him. And what do we learn about brown kid? He plays basketball. He smokes weed. And, oh, I'm sorry, we got to rob you. And I kept waiting that this kid was going to be reintroduced and we were going to somehow come back around and that kid was going to be like, oh, man, I didn't mean to whatever. And my, my friend was the one who would or some sort of like anything right. coming but back he, around. He, for that he does come back around because he's he's Kevin and then he saves a Kevin. But the thing is, is that is that what does basketball playing Kevin tell him, which is included in, in between the vocals, is that. Uh, you know, so everything happens for a reason. Is that it? And he goes, yeah. And then he gets beat up. And it's actually reflected in the lyrics right there, too, as he's getting beat up. I don't remember what is said there, but it's applicable. Well, that's the, the song Take It Apart starts. Well, I don't know if it's while he's getting beaten, but as he goes with him, the lyrics are saying, should I go? I should not go. Right. Um, so it's almost like the lyrics are warning him. Yeah. And then that song comes back around right before, right when they're in the car on the highway, right before the brother hops out of the car and starts running. That's right. When he goes, I think you should trust your gut or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying, Alan. It was, uh, it, it's, I guess it's supposed to represent the pitfall of following your gut. <laughs> It's funny because for I, me, yeah, I think maybe but, yeah. maybe it's my my lack of interest in in um, identity uh, in general. But like for me, I barely even register that. You know, I'm just like he's on. Okay, yeah. but I mean, you ha uh, you don't have to register that. But if you listen to particularly black and brown actors in Hollywood who say, "Hey, the only job offers I get are to play a guy who fucking mugs somebody." And then you have this movie that's like this, you know, wants to be this woke ass, like, oh, it's all great and pretty. And it's like, it's still making like, cool. Hey, can you, can, and I, and then it just, whatever. Like, I, I, I'm not trying to bring identity politics into this. I'm saying that's a really like, it's just, it's, 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 it's a blind spot. It's a way, it's lazy and it's a blind spot from a filmmaking perspective. And it's just, um, because it's dated already, kind of. It's, it's retrograde. <laughs> it's retrograde. I mean, that's that's it's a trope, and now we're really conscious of it. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I said yeah. I'm not trying to make a big deal. I just I I I had as I saw all these I mean, other things coming it's together in the movie. Dated in other ways too, you know. Yeah, as, as I saw these other things coming together in the movie, actually. I really thought that was gonna kind of get addressed, and I I was like I remained. Hopeful for the movie, like, oh, okay, well, this will come back around. Yeah, and like, still there? Shh. Yeah, you're not hearing me? I can hear you. I hear you, David. Do you know oh, you me? hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I didn't know. If... So, we... uh, yeah. anyway, anyway, yeah. You were saying it's dated, David, in other ways? Yeah, I mean, you know, they, uh, the, the, the dynamics between the, um, the, the the brother and the and his girlfriend or whatever and the way that at the end they're just kind of like oh yeah what whatever and it's like yeah you know what he's realized he has these issues or whatever but that can't be the the end of it necessarily like he didn't really do anything that redeeming us i mean i guess he jumped in the water after after his brother but 
it's like, I mean, what she was asking him for, he never really completely gave her, you know? I mean, it wasn't completely reconciled, but it might as well be because it's kind of a different standard of reconciliation, I guess. But it's like, he had a lot of reflection to do. Did he accomplish all that reflection? I don't know. Um, so, so to me, that, that, that layer of this is a Hollywood movie with all these sort of things that, you know, aren't perfect and it's sort of uh, the music uh, reflects that with the unreal. Uh, well, there's sort of an unrelenting pessimism and an unrelenting optimism kind of at the same time. But the pessimism in the album is so dark, like, right. You know, the, true. <laughs> the long road, like, doesn't it end with the long road on this long highway? And it's like, oh, yeah. So this family's we maybe maybe it ends with a. Uh, another song after I'm not sure but like the family's hugging and they're they're all so happy and they've they've all grown so much and they like each other now and and the music is just like gloom and doom <laughs> right well there's there's um the song the song that no one hears mm. and the song that the no one hears for me is kind of like the theme of the whole oh, yeah. stink in many ways oh yeah because it's like it's it's oh, it's this idea that it's like what, how we relate to something being significant, like in terms of what's going to institute genuine change or like fundamental change. It's like the most fundamental change starts at the most etheric level before we see it externalized in the most dense side of the expression. And so like when you're when you're like that song, it's like it does it doesn't matter even if no one hears it because it's still there and it's still the, the thing. Like in other words, like before we did the pairing the pairing still existed mm -hmm. and it's kind of ties in with that discussion we we're having like where i was saying like tom petty had this idea that the songs are already there he just needs to find them and so like i could say the sinks are already there we just need to find them and will morgan's made that point a few times as well um where it's like you know you discover something but he's like this was already here anyone is you can call it discovery but it's like it was there in the first place before we pick, picked up on it, you know? It's like the song that no one hears is still a song that's going. Right. <laughs> the if song no one hears, Jeff is hearing the song. <coughs> Jeff, Jeff is listening for the songs. And um, and also it's interesting in the context of a sync film where the album's repeating the way that you hear the song differently each time. Right, yeah. Exactly. That is never really the same song. Mm -hmm. You know, even when he, he says at the beginning, you know, that he's like, so I watched Signs again last night. It gets better every time I see it. And he's looking for different things. He's seen different things in it. And so, like, I've watched this sync so many freaking times in the process of making it. And even, you know, after the fact, you know, because it's just for me, it's kind of mesmerizing. But uh, every time. I get things that I didn't get the first time, you know, and that's kind of what the movie's about. And it's kind of like indicated in your music as well. So it's very complimentary in that way. Oh yeah. I, I thank you for uh, saying that the, the song no one hears is kind of a focal point because uh, that's, yeah, because I, I, that's the song with the car crashing into the tree and, <laughs> there you 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 have a line in there where you're like talking about a, a robot with a bionic arm or something what is that Every, everybody's waiting to be told what to do by a 
bionic hero with a gigantic shoe, which, by the way, I keep telling you to watch this movie, Be Dazzled. It's, it's, it's actually referencing that movie, the, the 1967 or whatever, Be Dazzled. Hey, hey, Alan, have you ever seen a movie called Be Dazzled? <laughs> uh, no. Is that the, like, devil lady one? Well, that's the remake was uh, Elizabeth Hurley, but originally it was uh, Dudley Moore and Peter Cook. Ah, okay, gotcha. So I've I, I have not seen the Elizabeth. Uh, what, what, what did you say, Elizabeth Hurley? Hurley, Hurley. Yeah, I know. I I could picture her face. I have not seen that, but I remember seeing the trailer for that. Okay, so that's a remake of a different of a of a previous one where it's two guys. Yeah. But the same idea of like it's like. Uh, the devil in disguise, basically. He's not. He's not really in disguise. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's like, I'm the devil, and here are my seven deadly sin friends. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> you ever see uh, Oh God, You Devil? Of course. With George Burns. That's yeah. the sequel to Oh God. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's so funny. Uh, so what we what was about what's, what's about Bedazzled? What what can you tell us? Oh, just that that line that he was, that David mentioned about the bionic hero with the gigantic shoe is referencing uh, a scene in Bedazzled, which is um, actually, there's this just really, really humorous scene where Dudley Moore ends up a, a nun at a convent and they all worship this, um, they worship this other nun who who ascended to heaven, and she just she but she had giant feet, and she left her giant shoe behind, and they all worship it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, hey, so just a quick heads up: I'm gonna have to start winding down here. Mm -hmm. um, you guys can, you know, uh, I'm not trying to uh, call into this party or anything, but. Um, I do want to ask, while we're talking about this album, I want to ask, uh, Amelia, I want to ask you a question. So I am working on this game, and uh, I don't know if you've seen that I, one of the things that I've done for it is, like, instead of having a traditional score for the, like, oh, you know, you just here's, here's the music that's playing, instead, we've designed an in-game MP3 player. So what are we, like, I'm, I've loaded a bunch of podcasts onto it and stuff, and I've been, you know, we just like we had so much like audio, uh, so much from the last ten years, and it's just like, okay, so like I'm like I've gone through and I've picked out a lot of podcasts and I've e like edited them down, and like I'm not gonna put like a three hour podcast on there, edited down to like twenty minutes or something, you know. Uh, anyway, long story short, so I've I've been doing this, and I made a list of like, then I was like, oh, maybe it'd be cool to have like some of my friends' music on there, and I made a list of people I wanted to ask. And then I started like, well, let me see like what songs like I'd even want to, you know, like speak to them for or whatever. And it's so in the process of watching this film, like I've heard of, of your other songs, but like in the process of watching this pairing, there was like two songs that really jumped out for me. Um, and we can talk about like how they relate to the film in a second. But I just want to uh, ask you how cool you would be with me using um it's a song called eggshells and oh. the other song is called um you can have whatever you can use whatever you want free totally free license to use whatever you want <laughs> well really. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the other the other song is uh, Take It Apart. And those those two songs like really, really spoke to me. Um, and just to say, like, as of this demo I'm doing, like, I'm I'm not selling it. I'm going to give this away for free and I'm going to might try I and sell something. And obviously, like if I end up getting some sort of, you know, if I can get like a publisher to sign on to this game and I make some money, I would then I don't expect you to say, hey, here, have this for free at that point. But uh, as it stands right, you know, so we can, we can return to that conversation. But I really appreciate your generosity. Isn't it? Oh my moment. gosh! It's, I, I would I would love for my music to be in your game. It'd be super super cool. Cool. All right, that's fucking awesome. Uh, thank you, thank you so much. And oh, uh, did so as far as now the Jeff who lives at home sync. Do those songs in that in that film mean anything to you? Of um, or maybe you can tell me like what do those songs mean in your in your um, musical? Oh, well, Eggshells is the song where the name of the sync film, where he, uh, David took the name Correct. from. Mm-hmm. Mine's and I'm mm-hmm. not going crazy. Um, yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's a song I really like. Uh, I always I, I always kind of had bigger aspirations for it. Um, as far as the, sa- the sound was kind of more, was, was stylized in a way I like. I never did much with, with it, though, as far as, like, making a video. Um, so it's good to hear that you want to use it. And then the other one, Take It Apart, that one was the one that we, that we were talking about when he gets beat up by Kevin and then when he, when he comes out of the car where that question of, should I go, I should not go... There's actually a video for that song, um, which is oh, pretty really? cool. I um, I filmed it at my old work, and in the video, I'm uh, like be, being interrogated by police officers, and then I escape. It's a, it's my work, so it's actually more. It's there's, there's a story, but then there's the fact that I hated my job so much. And I'm running away from my job, and I feel like I'm in jail at my job, which I feel like is is a big theme with um, the I Heart Huckabee sync, and then even the, the God, the Matrix office space thing, and uh, even Susan Sarandon's sort of like mm-hmm. th- there's such a sync there of her like uh, someone she gets the anonymous call and she sticks her head up from the cubicle and just like in the in the in the in the Matrix, in yeah, the, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of correspondences with the Matrix and Office Space. And it's funny because the way that that came together, like following this, because I've been planning on d- playing with those two films together for a long time, you know, and uh, they're so complimentary. But then I'm starting to notice like, yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of parallels in terms of just the symbolism of what the, the Matrix is, too, and kind of the character in Office Space, like what his awakening amounts to, and how it's not that dissimilar from Jeff, who just wants to be at home and live the simple the simple life. It's like, oh, if you could do anything, you'd just do nothing, you know? It's like, you know, and if you'd ask Jeff's brother what he would do with a million dollars, he might say two chicks at the same time, you know? It's like, it's kind of a certain mentality, you know? <laughs> Right on, brother. <laughs> fucking A. Uh, That's a but, fucking
Well, this has been really cool to talk to you both. And Amelia, I'm sorry there was a there was a stretch where David and I sort of ranted at each other, but I uh, I'm really glad that I got to enjoy this conversation with you as well. And um, Amelia knows that the sync community is a bit of a sausage fest, and that we we like to you know uh, it's it's kind of like a Shriners club or something. You know, it's like we're in there smoking cigars, wearing our hats. It's like you know. The royal order of the buffaloes or something you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is that is definitely true I'm just, um, I, I was muted i was muted I, i'm just such a fan of uh, both of you guys and and i was gonna say earlier with uh hindsight 2020 it it you know i don't know if you meant it i think i might have watched it i don't know if i watched it differently than how you sort of meant for people to take it but i really internalized it and i'm my and and so my hindsight look was really different than the story that you presented um but i really 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 loved the lens and that was that that was you know one of the big things that got me to really uh to really you know feel like pulled into into the sink uh world and to just want to see all the different stuff that you guys have going on it's so cool oh thank you yeah and um I, I did mean it. I mean, I definitely meant for people because, yeah, like I that especially that final episode, I didn't know how. I mean, you know, I, it was just it just felt like that was the proper way to do it was to, you know, instead of trying to tell a universal story, it was to tell my own. But that, of course, means that it's going to be different for you. I don't expect it. You know, uh, it's also a different time. It's also, a yeah. di- you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally different time frame. Totally, and that's that'd be true. Think about like for like um, we're all thirty nine. I'm sure there's like somebody watching this movie who's, you know, twenty years old, and they they don't have a, as much to look back on, you know, like as many years to look back on. But they that still applies to them of like, where the you know, if you realize that, I think for me like we talk about the whole like fanaticism of all this sort of stuff like realizing where I was in 2008 if you had asked 2008 me what to make of this he would have said it's xyz and I feel pretty confident it's xyz and looking back now and realizing how different I see it today I also know that whatever I perceive today is probably also somewhat trans transitory of like in another 12 years I might think 2020 Allen was a misguided fool, you know? So, um, it just, it's all good perspective to kind of like put, put yourself in check and realize, you know, all, all, all those sorts of lessons that can come from that. And I'm really, uh, I really appreciate that you took it to heart instead of, you know, I mean, I, I've had a lot of mixed reactions to those, those videos. Um, and I, I really appreciate that you took it, took me at my word and really, uh, took it to heart so yeah i thought it was really great me too thank you it looks like we're all we're all fans of each other's work so that's that's nice yeah (laughs) alan i don't know if you have to go but um david was the what was the thing about tal the 39 since we're all 39 oh well, the, the thing the thing about tall is that if if well okay if you if you if you spell out yud hey vav so the first three letters of tetragrammaton and you spell it out with olives you get thirty nine. 
if you if you add the final hay, which would be the lower shakina of the reunification of the tree, then um, or the the reunification of Zaer and shakina of Teferet and Malkut, then you get um, uh, forty five. If you add an olive, so it'd be hay hay olive, uh, you get the gematria of, of Adam, which is forty five. So Adam is forty five. So they related that that's the completion that the completion of God is the reunification of Shahina and is communicated through the same gematria as Tal. So like Tal um, as <clears throat> means literally the dew and it's referenced in the book of Isaiah as what awakens the dead. And so this became a huge thing in Christianity of the, re the resurrection, right? Um, which is interesting. It seems to have Egyptian origins there. Uh, but anyway, yeah, this idea of... Um, of what is it that 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 brings the dead back to life, and so that's the thirty nine. That's Yud Hey Vav, and then beyond that is some is something else. So uh, it's a little complicated, but it's it's what's funny as hell is that Mountain Dew shows up in so many zombie movies. There's just a repeated theme where you'll see Mountain, not just Mountain Dew like in the movie, but Mountain Dew being somehow oddly uh, subliminally emphasized. So it's in. Um, uh, so you're, you're connecting the, it to like the uh, resurrection, or yeah, because it says the dew that the tall the dew is what what resurrects the dead in the prophecy in Isaiah, which is where we get Christianity combined with the ritual of the scapegoat, which was more of a joke. So like basically Christianity is kind of based on a joke in Judaism combined with something they took very seriously. So it's got that that perfect kind of juxtaposition of something that they would normally laugh at and then something that they take deadly fucking seriously, the mm -hmm. return, the coming of the Messiah, you know? Um, yeah, so, so, yeah. Something you hit on there, like, I didn't realize that 45 is associated to Adam because, right, so everyone refers to Trump as 45, mm. right? He's the 45th president. Not to bring this back to him, but so... Whenever I think of Trump, I think I, uh, now I only think of him in terms—I mean, not only, but think of him in terms of this. Uh, the, he is so entwined with Obama, from the Lion King to Tiger King to like just like his reason for being there. Like, well, anyway, it's just like this, this kind of mirrored. Uh, we talked about like the the one is a baptism water and fire, or the the dark water and you know like all these different interpretations of the sort of like two halves the two pillars all these sorts of whatever my point is uh adam you have adam kadmon and then this sort of idea that in um god what is it uh corinthians i think where there's this whole conversation of like the the new adam and that uh there's this whole emphasis on uh, the like the second Adam, the 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 like reassimilated man or the sort of transfigured man, and I think it's interesting that like I associate Adam with being both the like s either the split Adam or the double Adam, and uh, so there's realize that that's associated with right. five is really interesting. Right. Oh sure. Well, everything with all, with all of this is kind of like you're looking at bastardizations of an ultimate order that exists in nature that the ancients were aware of. So they were in touch with the with the actual order. We have repressed that and have like different means of a, of aversions to that. And one of those the most basic aversions that we have is a substitute reality. 
And so you'll see all the same principal ideas that you'd see in the actual system being kind of uh, this uh, this other version of it. And so that's that's all like what I was pointing to, like the distinction between on and Oz. You know, it's it's like it's like this this um, this filler, this stand-in. You know, it's in the same way that the Scarlet Woman and the Beast or Lilith and Samael would stand in for Shakina and Zaire. You know, it's like you have this um, kind of like, well, well, we'll put this in the place as a space holder. It's this they we've rejected the stone at the at the, the, the keystone of the archway, and now we have something else holding that placement. And so instead of strength, you have lust. Instead of the strength of Oz, you have the strength of of wealth and and ambition. You know, um, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you and I have talked about this in terms of like. Um, the modern day politics of how we went from the like weird like ritual ritual aspects and then it would seem like within the Trump administration it's there's a nodding to these ritual aspects but like they're not they're obviously not true believers mm-hmm. right yeah, exactly. and I, don't, I don't mean that like yeah. um, in any other no, way sure. than just like an objective observation it's like you could yeah, see yeah. they're sort of like all right sure we'll do the thing but like it's almost like Nixon's uh, take of Bohemian Grove, right? Oh, you guys, you guys are just fucking, you're just fucking playing, uh, you know, silly games, grab ass in the woods or whatever. Um, it, you can tell there is a distinction of those who are like trying to do the ritual and those who are like, all right, I guess I'll play this game because it gets me power, but like my heart's not in it, and it has a sort of different energetic effect. Right. Well, it's like it's like Amelia's album, because like in terms of Jeff Lewis at home, because it's like I like part of me like looks at at what the JFK assassination and the the so, you know, that there was a um, there's a Ripley's Believe It or Not about the Venus or excuse me, about the Jupiter Saturn conjunction. And then it, every 20 years when it's happened, they go all the way back. I think the article came out in the 50s or the 60s, but it goes all the way back to the beginning of America. And it shows how every 20 years we've either had a straight up assassination or an assassination attempt. And every year of this conjunction, it's occurred consistently. But uh, in my blog post that I was pointing you to um, somewhere on Facebook, I, was, I, was, I, I think I gave you a link to it. But um, what I was looking at was that even after this Ripley's Believe It or Not came out, if you'd go every 20 years after it, sure enough, it stays consistent um, that there's these uh, these assassinations or assassination attempts. Like but JFK what I'm, I'm looking at, right, so in terms of like how I was relating it with the album thing is it's like, you know, she's like, look at me, do you see any conspiracy? Like, I would look at all this repeated theme of like on this year, This is, it seems as though it's been ritualized. And this is just what we're doing because we know that we got to do it. And it goes back to our, uh, you know, the the elite, excuse me, uh, anthropological, you know, uh, understanding that we see reflected in Bohemian Grove. It's like, but in Bohemian Grove, it's just so, so um, idolatrous because it's all in reverse. Like instead of killing the king, we're, kill- we're celebrating killing the outsider that would challenge the king and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But then I got, I, and so I'm like, have we done this before? Has this been an intentional thing that we're like, okay, now's the time. You got it. And we're like, oh my God, they killed the president. It's like, well, you know what? That's, this is us acknowledging something that we need to sacrifice in order to bring about, you know, 
to uh, bring about this um, kind of like equilibrium with nature. And so now I'm looking, I'm like, have we just gotten to the point where we just have such an aversion to that, that we're just going to have to get the most fucking bitter harvest because we just won't do the, we won't allow for the thing. So like right now, it seems like this year we were due for an assassination and that, you know, it's basically the public's going to be assassinated instead of that one, because, you know, the health of the king is tied to the health of the kingdom. And this so for everyone we to be so due. focused on, yeah, so everyone to be focused on sickness, <laughs> oh, it due. seems to be due, the, like, we are all, this the, year we the, were due. The effect of us not doing it. Yeah, we were due, and because we didn't do the thing that we were due to do, now because the health of the kingdom is tied to the health of the king, the whole fucking kingdom has to fucking suffer. The whole kingdom has to get sick because the fucking king wasn't dealt with. And the whole idea behind that ritual was to deal with the corruption so that we could live in a healthy fucking society. Right. That was we, we, wanted, right. we wanted to we wanted to drain the swamp. Right. You know, and so of course they're gonna they're gonna introduce vaccines or anything they can do and, and move away from any kind of holistic anything because that's exactly what you'd expect if we're putting off this ritual. Precisely. Because if, yeah, because if you I, don't have the accountability there, then it's fuck all through the whole through the whole thing just just goes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I see it uh, very, very similarly. And uh, Amelia, I, I, were you, is that what you were trying to say this year? We were, we that's, were due. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. D E W this year. I think it's cool that we're all thirty-nine just for this brief moment. Yeah, I only got uh, what twelve days left or something like that. Oh wow! So. I'm glad we got to share this moment. <laughs> yeah, and you're turning 40, which is mem, which is water. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, uh, well, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, you know, maybe actually uh, where my mind went there was not was a was a negative space of like the connotation of mem of, I don't know, like hangman, hangman. and um, <laughs> also just like. Um, but isn't my, that. My, my my relationship to uh t.s Eliot's wasteland which is um it says fear death by water um mm -hmm. so like there was this sort of like that's where my headspace went but i think with this jeff who lives at home and with all the water we've been talking about today has been a very positive sort of aquarian sort of like baptism of and maybe a baptism of hardship, but with clarity on the other side rather than a... Yeah. You know, you know, I, I think the one thing in this conversation regarding Jeff who lives at home that I kind of disagree with is that you, there was a statement that was made. I don't remember exactly how it was said, but it was relating that the movie is like like a really positive, like... Um, I don't remember the words that were used, so I'm not going to do this justice. But I, I, t I take Jeff who lives at home to be a, a very... Um, deep processing shadow related movie that every uh, people people have different types of shadows and that's like kind of what gets communicated you know and that what it, what it might look like externally for somebody who's actually dealt with their shadow isn't always recognizable because they tend to not be the people who are uh so dominant because they're they're more allowing and accepting you know and those are the people that tend to get walked all over and pissed on you know so um I don't know. I guess I guess all I'm pointing out is that Jeff Lives at Home is kind of a heavy fucking movie. Well, and yeah, with the hangman, uh, the song High Tide is about suicide, which was actually a hanging, and then all the water stuff. You had pointed that out. Yeah, but, yeah. But it all works out in the end in the movie, right? 
That's true. It does all in work the out. Movie. He, puts the, he, <laughs> he put he he puts the missing piece back into the place. And for me, when he when he sets that back into the that was the whole thing that she'd asked him to go out to do was to get this um, piece to repair the the sliding the door or whatever the, the shutter. You know that that's almost like he's he's filling in the stone that's you know it's like it's some, become symbolic of like the rejected stone and now here it's sliding back into place and it's like and it's and it's kind of it's it's elegant because it's such a simple act you know there's something that makes it that so zen you know what i mean like it's like here it's just <laughs> everything kind of comes down to the most in yeah it's the most insignificant thing and it's the most significant thing at the same time in the film yeah I was going to say, go into that elemental plant uh, type thing. Like, it's also like woodwork, right? Like, it's... Um, mm, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, he really is the wood glue and... Anyway, just... Uh, right. Uh, like, We've discussed that, that Jeff, who lives at home, why is he at home? Because he's in himself. He is his home. It's like bait, you know? Mm-hmm. That's He's residing in himself, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally see that, yeah. Yeah, home is where the heart is or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, yeah, uh, fascinating. Uh, I really enjoyed this, and thank you guys for sharing uh, the the movie with me and sharing the... And, Amelia, thank you for your generosity with your music, and I really hope people... Uh, I guess, if David, if you want to put this together, I'll, you know, kind of, like, set it up as a show... You know, I'll, I'll put it on the website and stuff. I will definitely link to um, the the film, and I'll link to the uh, to the album on Bandcamp, and I hope people buy it and um, mm-hmm. listen to it. And uh, yeah, just thank you guys for sharing this with me. Awesome. Thanks, Alan. Thank you, and uh, we'll we'll do this again sometime. Yeah, have a good have a good uh, solstice. Yeah, you do the same. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your, enjoy your great conjunction, and um, great. sometimes good, sometimes bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I'm really curious to see like how that day feels for me. So, uh-huh. um, I'm, I'm, uh, it'll of... be like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't really like Christmas though. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, I, I'm really. So I don't. Know if I just to quickly say, I don't know if you, uh, you guys saw it, this on Facebook, and I dropped this little time, this chart of um, conjunctions. Did you see this little oh, yeah. list of dates I put here? Yeah, you put so, it here uh, into the Skype chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, it was like the December, first thing I dropped in. It has December like, 1980, December 2020. So December 31st, 1980 is my is the day I was born. Mm-hmm. So there was a conjunction on the day I was born. Conjunction, junction. <laughs> yeah. Just to be, I guess uh, what I mean by that is like this thing that I've been fascinated with for years, like is was there from the day I was born. Again, what's that line of the song? Um, I, I was, was framed. I framed? Yeah. Yeah. Was I framed on the day I was born? Yeah. So it's like on the very day I was named. Oh yeah. So it's like. I don't know. There's there's something really interesting for me of being like, oh, I'm so fascinated by this correspondence and this thing and this thing, and I didn't even bother to realize until this this few weeks ago that I'm like, oh shit! I literally that happened on the day I was born, and uh, I, I don't know. That's crazy to me. Like that that 
it's kind of goes like releasing multiple albums on March 15th or something. It's like, oh shit. Okay. Like this thing has been there with me uh, from the beginning. So I think it's bigger than releasing multiple albums (laughs) March 15th. No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it just means like there's that you're, you're, there's some sort of a strange attractor. There's something there's, there's wiring under the board that we're like just becoming aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is the most p- powerful sync experience I've ever had in a certain respect because it's the only time in my life where I've literally gotten to communicate so much with the artist, you know. Uh, I've never really had that before. So there's something really significant in my sync path for that to occur, you know. Yeah, there's something wrong with any other musician that you sent a sync film to and they... <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that, but it's true. If they don't... Yeah, you say it, yeah. If they're not interested in your work I, I i don't i don't understand their brain i don't understand their their art i don't i don't i hope that you know in the future i hope this is just the first of of many conversations <laughs> with artists that you work with thank you me too uh but i'm happy whatever the case so yeah this is a this is a this is wonderful that you guys got to connect over this and I, I while I agree with your sentiment, Amelia, that like uh, why aren't other artists clicking in? I'm I'm glad that you guys got to actually uh, make this you know have this connection. Then that's special. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. I gotta hop. Have a great night. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Right. Bye, guys. Bye.